0: If, if I'm on right now and people are seeing me looking at my phone, I apologize. If I'm not on, then this won't matter and you guys will be like, oh, no, we're on.
1: <laughs>
0: I love it. Uh, Caitlyn Thomas. Hello. Oh, my God. How are you? How are you doing?
1: I'm okay. I'm staying sane.
0: Are you? How How are we staying sane? I feel like I'm not staying sane. That's one of the things that if, yeah. if you'd asked me a week ago, if I felt like I was sane, I would have said 100. And then if you asked me the like 30 minutes after that, I would have been like, are you okay? Because you're asking me the same question. And now <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm here and I'm just like, oh, okay. Haven't left my house since last week at all. Like not even on the balcony, I realized today. I, ste- I stepped out to the balcony today and I was just like, Oh, I just realized I haven't stepped outside in a week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw a headline on an article today that was like, "Remember weather?"
0: Yeah. Remember when like, it when it mattered?
1: <laughs> hardly, but yes, I have a faint recollection.
0: One hundred, <laughs> yo! I, every time I ask my um, every time I ask my Alexa, I'm just like, "What's the weather today?" And it tells me, and I'm just like, "Why am I asking you?" Like, I'm not going outside.
1: <laughs> like, you don't need to know.
0: Alexa's just like, oh, it is blah, 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 with chance of snow. I'm like, Alexa, do I look like I'm going anywhere? Oh, my <laughs> God. It heard me, and it's yelling from the other room. I'm sorry. That's, this thing has ears of a superhero. Yeah, I don't like those.
1: They're freaky.
0: Oh, I know. I definitely 100% should not have one, but it does help. Like, the sanity of talking to a machine that... Pretty much says anything I want back. It's helped a little, just a smidge. That's fair. A smidge. Yeah. I realize I'm. People who are watching will see me looking into the camera, but I realize you're seeing me from another camera, and I always forget that. So I apologize if it doesn't look like I'm making eye contact with you. That's okay. Okay. Totally. Um. So Caitlin Thomas is a journalist. Is a, uh, was at uh, in J school at Concordia, if I'm not mistaken and um worked at one of the most amazing places that has ever existed, not just in Montreal but in the entire city, country, planet, and universe <laughs> and i And I say that having traveled to all those places in my dreams and some in the real world <laughs> um but yes, Caitlin, welcome.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Thank you for taking the time. I, I know this was kind of last minute. Originally, we were... Uh, so I messaged you, like, what, 20, 30 minutes ago? Yeah. Asking if you'd be down to do the show at some point in the... Fu- like, I meant to say some point in the future, realizing I never said in the future. <laughs> um, And I... You know what? I got to say, I appreciate the fact that you did not say... Uh No, jackass. Like, I need some time to prep. Like, can you give me a few minutes or a couple hours or a couple days? You're just like, you know what? Let's do this. And I respect that.
1: I had enough time to eat my grilled cheese, so I was <laughs> totally fine with it.
0: <laughs> I I really appreciate it. I really do. Because uh, I um so I usually when I don't have a guest, what I do is I kind of just hang and watch YouTube trailers for new sh- shows and i was doing that in between the time i spoke to you and now and i had like 3 that i was like eh these will be okay but i was just like this isn't going to be the greatest <laughs> <laughs> like saved by the oh, bell has a new trailer yay why has a
1: new trailer S-
0: saved by the bell
1: oh really
0: yeah they're relaunching the series on the peacock network which are peacock streaming which is the um the new universal studios universal NBC studio thing
1: like a Netflix but for NBC yeah pretty much yeah, I'm so exhausted of all of these different ones
0: yeah yeah um
1: they charge me 15 bucks a piece and have exclusive content on all of them
0: yeah yeah that and that's the thing Netflix Netflix was starting a revolution and unfortunately created what is probably going to be one of the most devastating situations to our wallets if we want to watch all these shows.
1: Yeah. I think that one day they're probably all going to have to just, you'll be able to buy like a bundle pack and then it's just going to be like cable all over again.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right. I don't think they're going to have a choice because you can't, I I, I mean, Disney already has a little bit of a lead uh, in their style because they, Disney owns so much. They bought Fox and then they turn around and they have because of a deal they made with comcast they now essentially own hulu um mm. in the states and they also own e s p n um nat geo uh because they bought uh lucas and marvel they have all those things so yeah, they're that's yeah true. what have you been Wait. what have you been binging in this uh pandemic
1: uh i do this thing where I just put Gilmore Girls on in the background (laughs) of my life. Yeah, Um, that's awesome. So I rewatched Lost recently um, when this whole thing started, but then I just tried to read books because I was like, I need to not, I don't know. Because I find that when I go, when I binge stuff, I'm on my phone at the same time and I'm just like scrolling mindlessly through everything. Um, So I was, yeah, I decided to read a couple books instead.
0: And what were the titles? I apologize. I'm trying to tag you, but I didn't have you tagged, But I'm just going to share the video anyways, because um, I want people to know uh, you're there. So I'll tag it after.
1: Okay. But, uh, I've been. Re- I read a house in the sky, which is about that journalist who's uh, she has held captive in Somalia for like 15 months. Oh wow. Um, which really put quarantine into perspective. I have to say. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I was, it was interesting to read. I think that's why I'm still fine. It's just because I had, I was sort of like living vicariously this awful situation. Yeah. Um, and then I read the glass castle, which is also a memoir, but it's just about this. She's also a journalist. I don't do this on purpose. I swear. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just about her like really sad upbringing. So I think that they, they both helped me, you know, appreciate where I'm at and, and not, freak out as much as i probably would be otherwise
0: i gotta say i i probably did that when i was in high school and this is going to sound really horrible um but I it's what i did and i'm going to be honest about it when i was in high school anytime i got a pimple i would think to myself um at least i'm not as bad as this other person who had more pimples and I remember, <laughs> and I remember as, as <laughs> and I remember as I got older and once I, you know, I started to look back at some of the things I thought I was just like, man, Brian, that's not cool. That's not really a nice way, but it was the only way. Cause when you're a teenager, you have so many things going through your mind and you're like, you're just so many emotions and you're just feeling weird all the time. So I, I didn't, I don't feel bad about it as much as I understand it. It was a very, very much a coping mechanism for teenage Brian to be like, at least I'm not as bad. I'm not in as bad a situation, which is the flip of, and similar to what you were saying, I should be grateful for the things I have. But at the mm-hmm. time I couldn't think of it that way. Like it wasn't 15 year old me wasn't thinking I should be grateful. It was more just like, at least it's not this bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, though, I feel like you're, you're surrounded by people who also think that way. Yeah. So you know that that's what they're thinking. And then you're oh. like, yeah, so I'm good because I'm not as bad as that person.
0: That's fair. Okay, yeah. thank you for absolving 15 year old Brian of his <laughs> sins.
1: <laughs> You're very welcome. Anytime.
0: I'll, when I go back in time, I'll tell him Caitlin has absolved you. She explained this <laughs> to me. I didn't even get it, and then you'll be, and then 15 year old me will be like, "Who the hell are you? You creepy old man." <laughs> um. Uh. <laughs> I wanted to, to brag about some of the things that you've done recently. You were saying that um, – well, not – I was actually talking about the fact that you recently got, uh, uh, con- like, hired and locked in, and you announced a job that you got. Yes. Um, yeah. And then – but then you were just like, oh, do you mean my award? And I was just like, flex, <laughs> flex, flex, girl. all oh, day." i sorry. That's no. what I was
1: tweeting about Whoa. today, so I thought you were talking about today.
0: Whoa. Why on earth would you apologize for <laughs> – being good and being recognized for being good i don't know there you go so do you want to tell people what you want and and what like what this is what it means
1: yeah okay so um it was basically it's an rtdna award which is i hate to say i'm not super familiar with that, uh, R- with that type of award
0: RTDNA.
1: yeah, yeah it's like radio television digital network award I think
0: I'm looking it up right now
1: yeah so but it was for a documentary that um, I worked on with one of my Concordia profs and four other Concordia students um, also with CTV and it was just a, a mini documentary about this First Nations community north of Thunder Bay that was doing this really cool climate action project so um, it was one of the coolest things in my undergrad, just getting to go to Thunder Bay with my prof and to go tell this story that was really, really interesting and uh, also, like, a little bit sad, but we were kind of focusing on the happier part of it, which was just the climate action, mm. rather than, you know, everything that led to to where they are today. So, yeah, it was just really cool, and it's I'm happy that the story won an award because I think that it's a really important one.
0: That's... Beautiful and yeah, you're right. It stands for Radio Television Digital News Association. Yes. Um, I mean that winning an award at any point probably just feels amazing. Did you even know that it had been submitted for an award or that it was eligible? Was it just one of those things where it's like, oh, we're just doing this because we we believe in the importance of this story?
1: Well, my teacher submitted it for everybody. Like she she did all the the work and didn't tell us <laughs> until she found out that we. So, yeah, we that found
0: out. so dope. Really
1: cool. Yeah.
0: That is so dope. And then there
1: was also, there was the whole, I don't know if you, I'm assuming you live in Montreal, you heard about yes. the whole lead investigation. Um, oh, yeah. I also yeah. that. And that was nominated. It didn't win one, but it was nominated. Or it won, I think it won one in Saskatoon, it's like a it's like a national thing. Okay. Um, it didn't win any for Montreal, but yeah, that was really cool to work on as well.
0: So you're essentially just out there slaying regularly as a journalist. <laughs> um, I'm trying. Just snatching these jobs up and building a little mini uh, empire and will one day win a Pulitzer. And then people will just be like, I remember when.
1: That's the dream, I yeah. guess. <laughs> that- my, dream, my dream is actually to work at the New York Times. Oh, dope. Um, so we'll see about that because that's to
0: be difficult but yeah that's what I'm working towards dude that is so awesome uh, so full discretion Brian doesn't read much uh, <laughs> I, I I'm a I'm very much a television geek Um, as most people who know me will know I joke regularly about having a severe television addiction and most of my friends laugh and say oh Brian and I'm I always laugh along with them and then cry inside a little bit because I know it's true Uh, but but <laughs> joking aside I think it's super cool that like your ambition is the New York times. Can you explain like at what age did the New York times become that dream? Like what was the thing that made that the dream?
1: Um, I don't know if there's a, a like I can't really trace it back to any point in my life. Mm. I just feel like for me as somebody who, you know, just went through three years of journalism school. I think that that is kind of like the epitome of like good journalism Um, I don't know. I read a lot. I do read a lot of media and I just feel like they're, uh, I mean, they do lean a little bit to the left, but I feel like generally speaking, the reporting is really, really fair and that's not something that you find everywhere, especially because of like, you know, the companies that own the media outlets. And so, yeah, I just think that it's a really cool. Okay, cool is the wrong word. I don't know why I said that. No, it's a really, be. it's a really great um, outlet, and I just I feel like that's that's where I would want to work. I
0: don't, yeah. I feel like cool is a fair word though. The New York Times is yeah, recognized. As-
1: Times cool is cool. Such a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cool. don't wrong. Yeah, but, you know.
0: As a as a like, I'm a millennial. Uh, were you are you born? I, I believe you probably are born after ninety five. I was born in 93. I just look 16. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're a millennial also then. I am. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of, that's really cool because I'm uh, one of my friends. Shout outs to Eva. Her and I always joke around because she's born in 94, I believe. And I'm born in 83. So we regularly joke about how, I'm a real millennial. And then she's like, no, I'm a real millennial. And there's always that back and forth. And then we were this, we were supposed to launch a podcast called inverse millennials. It's already locked down guys. So don't try and steal it. We already like (laughs) took the name and everything, but the whole idea was going to be about how uh, me as a millennial and her as a millennial would have these discussions about how we understand things in culture and community and entertainment and stuff like that separately. So like TikTok, for example, was something that, like, her and I both talked about. Neither of us knew about it because this was before the pandemic hit, and now everyone's a, a TikTok star. But, like, yeah. that we were gonna invite a Gen Zer to come and talk to us about TikTok because we're both millennials who don't know what TikTok is. And that was like, yeah. that was the whole premise of it. And then that's why, like, it, it, things like that, where, for example, you saying the New York Times is cool, I feel like to millennials uh, and to probably Gen Xers, the New York times is cool. Like it is, a, a an established new print newspaper that has, you know, continued. It has some of the most world recognized, um, uh, uh, like sections. If I'm not like the crossword, isn't the crossword, like one of the most popular things in the world, like they're
1: probably, yeah, yeah. I, I
0: think they're Sunday. Cross- <laughs> like all those things are things that like growing up, I've always heard the New York times, so, dude, it's cool. I mean, at least to yeah. me, my thirty-six-year-old ass. By all means, uh, <laughs> maybe to the younger generation. If you're a young kid out there and you don't like the New York Times, get a learning. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do that. And then I wanted to bug you a little bit about, and I I know this is very much a this one always makes me sad. Uh, funny enough, my buddy who on numerous occasions used to we used to go eat there, uh, Moe's. We used to eat there all the time, uh, very late, often after, because it was just a couple blocks from his work. And uh, I still – I have my copy of the menu from the last day. I remember uh, asking – Did you sell it? No. Or did
1: I give it to you?
0: I bought it. Oh, I, you bought
1: – I was thinking about the other day that the other day. I was like, I can't believe we sold them. Like, oh. what capitalists? Seriously. But I mean – I just
0: I mean, I was willing to because I – I remember – so the – One of my favorite things, I went to the Red Bull crashed ice event in Quebec City. It was the weekend of St. Patrick's Day. I hadn't eaten in 18 hours and I get into Montreal. The bus, the driver of the bus forgot it was St. Patrick's Day and tried to drive into the parade and got diverted by cops. Anyways, it took forever for us to get downtown Montreal and through through the area and the first thing, oh, my buddy wrote, rest in peace, Moe's. Yeah, honestly, him and I regularly say that.
1: Retweet. Sorry? Retweet.
0: I know. Oh, yeah, I should tell him. Him and I talk about it all the time, how much we miss that place. Because we used to go. Actually, my current partner, her and I, one of her and I's first dates was at Moe's.
1: Oh, I love those stories. Yeah. They're my favorite. They're yeah. So cute.
0: Her and I, because she worked at the Children's just down, just around the corner. And yeah. I I was living uh, downtown myself somewhere on Fort, and I asked her if she wanted to meet up, and she was just like, oh, I can't really go anywhere. I'm working a night shift. Uh, I, I have a break though, and I was just like, okay, cool. Do you want to go to Mo's? And we went to Mo's at like uh, I don't what maybe two thirty, three o'clock in the morning was her break. She only had like an hour. We like got in, we ordered, and I think we told whoever was working like she has to bounce really soon, and they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh and it was just so great to go and and have that meal and hang out and then you know I walked her back to work and then walked back home to my place and I was just like man I love this place and then yeah um yeah I bought the menu I I bought on, on the last day and I remember they were just like um we don't have many menus left because people have been stealing them all night so if you're here when we close I can sell you one and my buddy and I were just like well I mean, we love this place enough to close it out, and we stayed. It was like three thirty in the morning, and we stayed till you guys closed at five. I guess I think.
1: So I was there.
0: Yeah. So maybe it was you. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: think so. Yeah. Did I take a Polaroid of you? Yes. Okay,
0: so you took the Polaroid. Yes. (laughs) Yes, that is so awesome. Yes, (laughs) we still have that Polaroid. My buddy still has it, and we we post it. He he posted every once in a while, being like. RIP, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, for you, because you, I think you've posted multiple times that, like, you kind of grew up there. I mean, yeah. what, uh, like, what was that whole experience like, being at Mo's, the history and stuff like that? It, it, oh, as much God. as you can say in a short, yeah, I know, because that's a pretty loaded yeah. question. Yeah,
1: I mean, I just, it literally is where I grew up. Like, I, my p- grandparents bought it from Mo in the 70s, um, and then they pass it down to my dad in the '90s, and so I, I quite literally grew up in that basement. Um, yeah. And then I was also homeschooled for part of my childhood for like two years. Okay. So my mom worked the two to ten shift, um, and I would just go and be there all of the time. Oh wow. uh, I remember all the shown people coming in. I remember all the people from the comedy nest coming in. It's crazy. Cause I'm actually a South shore kid, but I feel like oh. a Montreal kid because I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in and the then I heart of Dawson, the city too. So yeah. So I went to Dawson. So I was there all the time. I worked there from 16 to right up until it closed. Yeah. So it was, it was amazing. I'm so sad. I'm so, it's I so tragic.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, there are some things in the city that just that. What's that term when they they give it an honorary like title? The uh, historians make it like an honorary location, historical locations, landmark, landmarks. Thank you. Yes, landmark locations. I honestly think like. Moe's was one of those places that should have been. I know, you know, some of the people are going to be like, but I mean, it's, it it wasn't around for like a hundred years, but it still had enough culture and it was still a big enough part of the city. And I mean, it was, I can only imagine what happened the night the, the, the Habs won the Stanley cup in 93 around the corner from Moe's like, what? what kind of night was that like
1: yeah
0: i would love that's a story that i would like love to hear i'd love to i just someone should make a movie about i don't know i just you know (laughs)
1: let's try to get my dad on the
0: show if you want (laughs) oh my god yeah just to ask him just to be like (laughs) please tell me what happened that night like my and i i feel no guilt in telling this story anymore because uh when i was younger i was i mean i'm not snitching it, we were we were kids, and it, we weren't the ones who did it. But one of my buddies from school came to school the day after the Stanley Cup, <laughs> after the, the game, and he comes in with like a really nice gold chain. I look at him, and I'm just like, oh, dude, that's nice. Where'd you get that? He's just like, oh, my dad got it. I was just like, cool. When When did your dad buy a gold chain? He's just like, I don't know. Last night we were watching the hockey game. Then my dad and my uncle went out after the game, and then he came home with a bunch of stuff and he gave me a gold chain. I'm like, oh my God, dude, I'm pretty sure your dad was in the crowd of people looting the city. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, what's, Amazing. I'm like, what store do you think was open after the Stanley cup was won? Like, Wow.
1: That's yeah. crazy. I know. That was-, that was
0: the year I was born. So. Yeah. 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 I was in, gra- <laughs> that one? I was in grade five.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right the math checks out <laughs>
0: yeah that is so wild though
1: yeah it was also open during the ice storm um oh they, wow that i know because i remember my my grandma came over to babysit my brother and i because they were my parents were stuck downtown yeah um and then they also like the when the dawson college shooting happened oh. a bunch of people like ran towards moe's as well so yeah. it was really, like it, it was around for everything
0: Man, I forgot about, I didn't even think about that. That's a, that, that was, that was a, were you in, you weren't at Dawson at that time, were you?
1: No, that was before I got
0: there. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I just remember being at work. I was working at a, a silk screening shop doing t-shirts and my boss has the news on, like he always does. We, you know, we just have the news on in the background
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we just heard the news and he looks over at me. He's just like. Do you have any friends there? And I was just like, "Wait, what?" And then he's just like, "Oh, you didn't, you weren't listening." I was like, "No, I'm sorry. I, I kind of zone out. It becomes background noise." He's just like, "He." So he like tells me like what happened. And I, I. That's when my I just drew a blank. I didn't even know in my head. I was just like, "Do I have any friends there?" Like you kind of just start to think so many thoughts at once that it's almost hard to lock down one like logical moment and just ask yourself like, you know, that's that's why a lot of the time now when I feel over like just anxious about something, I take a deep breath and I'm just like, okay, momentary focus. What do you need to do right now? Because moments like that just kind of threw me. Same thing with uh, 9-11, just being at school in Sejep and uh, everyone in the schools all of a sudden just freaking out. They're rolling out a TV into the uh, Agora because I I went to uh, John Abbott College. Mm -hmm. and they they rolled out a tv and there's they started rolling out tvs into every major like student space so like the library had one the agora had one and somewhere else had one and kids are just gathered around and then like people are trying to go to class some people are like i'm not going to class my dad is bless my father my dad calls me and is just like i need you to get home and i'm like what he's just like it's crazy right now i don't know what's happening and i'm just like dad they're not gonna Attack John Abbott College in the edge of West Island Montreal. No offense to John Abbott. Not to say you're not important, but you're not the twin towers of New York City. You know? Yeah. Different. yeah. Sorry, Dad. Uh, bless your soul. I know you were just really nervous and freaking out at that moment, but it was just so funny to get a call and be like, go home. Everything's in danger. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I know. Yeah. I don't fault him. He He cares. I love it. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that was crazy. So, you know, and those moments are actually very interesting. As a journalist, for you, what is it like when you are dealing with situations like, I mean, like this pandemic? What is your thought process? How do you report on something unbiasedly when it's just so heavy and it's constantly everywhere? Like, where do you even start?
1: I mean... I really do. I I get kind of overwhelmed sometimes Mm. even just sometimes we we translate a lot of articles too from Press Canadienne and like they use really strange words sometimes Mm. as in so even just that is stressful so (laughs) like what it's like when it's like the content is just constantly about a global pandemic. Um, So far it's it's been okay. I just I just take time to really make sure that I understand what the story is because there's so many all the time that like it's kind of in like we're like in this in this niche topic, but because it's such a blanket topic at this point, mm-hmm. the story kind of feels like it's not really about COVID nineteen anymore. It's about yeah. whatever the subject is within that. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No. 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 The the COVID is so big that the stories aren't about COVID as much as the reactions to COVID and situations affected by COVID.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's all really just in the context of COVID. So it makes it seem a little bit less, uh, I don't know. It's interesting because I started this job right as this was happening. Mm -hmm. Like I worked four days in the newsroom and then started working from home. Um, so in the context of like my job as CTV, it's all I know. I haven't yeah. even experienced a regular day outside of the pandemic. God damn. So it'll be interesting to see how that, like what that's like when this is all over.
0: What are some of the things that you do to, cause I mean, I hats off to journalists. I know, you know, and you're not all, obviously you're not all in the same group. So as frontline, you know, nurses and stuff like that. But I feel like, journalism is also important in keeping people informed about the things they need to do to keep themselves safe and just, you know, the, the, like what's going on in the world and and social media is very quick to just post things up. Um, a lot of times it's, it becomes who says it first, not who says it best. Uh, so, so what are some of the things that you do one to make sure that when you're reporting on stuff, you're saying it best and not just first, and then on top of that, what's the thing you do to decompress after going through reading all of that content cuz like I like you were just saying my partner and I will we'll like r- go through social media, we'll go through the news, we'll read articles, and after 20 minutes we're like I can't do this anymore. But you're a journalist, yeah. so it's your job to continue to like keep up on that. So what's that what's that process like?
1: Yeah, well for the first question, I think the way that I get around making sure that I'm doing it right rather than just doing it first is I I take the amount of time that I need to take to feel comfortable with a story that I'm submitting. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm never going to submit something if I'm like unsure about what's in it. And I think that that's, I'm a perfectionist. So it's because I'm starting out and because they hired me straight out of J school. um, I feel a lot of pressure to kind of make sure that I'm doing things right, but also doing them quick. Mm -hmm. But I've decided that, at the end of the day, it's more important for me to make sure that what I'm reporting on is accurate than to like impress them with my speed. So yeah. I do at the end of the day, feel kind of like guilty when it took me longer than I think it should have to write a story. Yeah. But at least I know that the story is accurate and balanced. Yeah. So that, I've, yeah, I've, that's kind I of feel, how I deal with it. I feel
0: that that's most, more important. If anything, I know it'd be I, again, I know some people would just like to be first, but some a lot of the stuff I read out there, the first person, often doesn't have all the information. And it just seems yeah. more dangerous to me to just be first and have half the story. Um than
1: well, especially in the context of like a situation where everything's super like changing so rapidly. Of course. There's times when there's a story that pops up that we could report on that I've been like assigned to sort of look into and I'll be like, I either no, this is a non-story just because it's a non-story mm-hmm. or I don't think we should do this story because it could have X effect on Y. Oh, um, interesting. Just, yeah, just because things are changing so quickly. Like one day the story is don't wear a mask, we have to save them for healthcare workers. And then the next yeah. day is like, everybody should be wearing masks. So I feel like because like it's kind of hard to decipher like what you're actually supposed yeah. to be doing in this situation. And then there's also like the whole added factor of like, I feel like a lot of people don't have media literacy which just doesn't help. So when there's too much stuff out there, mm. like I've noticed that people don't even look at like the date on an article. No! I see people oh. sharing. They share missing persons from like 10 years ago.
0: Thank <laughs> you. No, seriously. Uh you know, I I love that people are and for missing persons again, I love that people feel that it's important to share this information because their immediate reaction is just like, "Oh my god, someone's missing." However, take the time to at least read what you're sharing, guys. I mean, so many times I see stuff like that. You know, one of my buddies, bless his soul, I love it. He's always trying to keep everybody up on stuff and informed. But one of the things that he shared recently bothered me a little bit because he shared an article about how Australia was banning 5G um, antennas. Mm -hmm. And this is after everyone had been talking about how 5G antennas could potentially be one of the causes for COVID. And I clicked on the article. The article was from 2018, and it talked about Australia is concerned about 5G technology because the companies that are developing it are from China. And there's a stipulation in the contracts in China that the government has a right to all the information you're collecting. So Australia was just like, oh, that's a security issue. So until... Until that can be looked into a little bit further, we don't necessarily want to have these 5G antennas that are going to be collecting tons of data and then China, as per the contracts there, have the right to that information. And I was just like, ah. So I told him, I was just like, dude, just a heads up, that article is like two years old and is talking about this specific thing, sharing that headline right now, you know, and that's what you're saying about media literacy. It's also about context, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure so yeah i also think like i i it frustrates me for sure but at the same time like i think that there there's no system in place to be teaching people media literacy right now which is part of the problem so i don't think that it's like i can't get mad at the people who are doing it you know um it's just like we haven't figured out how we're gonna how we're gonna teach people how to understand what they're consuming like i have i see people like sharing No, i was gonna say something mean about a
0: local media outlet it's not really a media outlet okay so if it's mtl blog blink twice because i have no shame in throwing those guys under the bus i I, i'll say for me you don't have to say anything i will say and, and i say this only because i know for a fact that mtl blog at one point was charging for people to cover stories and stuff like that and that to me is not journalism that to me is pay for play which I think are two different things. And I think that's, and that's me. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to comment. You don't, you can stay neutral. I I will take that bullet for you. (laughs) One hundred percent. And yeah. And I say this to anyone, if anyone at MTL blog would like to have a conversation with me and discuss this by all means, you can reach out to me. You, I just look up Brian holiday and at me all day and we can have this discussion. Cause ever since they released an article, when the Azure trains were supposed to go in the Metro and, they wrote an article about it, and then I don't know what happened, but I just know that the STM made them not retract the article, but add all of the STM's edits to the article, and the article was more red text, which was the STM's text, than it was black. And yep. I I remember reading that and being like, wait, so these guys reported on something, didn't have the right information, and then the STM essentially came out like a teacher in school and wrote all over their whole homework and then made them post it, bless the STM for that. They're not always great, but that moment made me happy. And after I read that I was just like, I can't take the uh, MTL blog seriously.
1: Yeah, I just I know people who've worked there before and I and they've like sort of walked me through the like process of, you know, the whole the way it all works and mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like it is, you know, in sync with the things that I learned in the past three years. And so that's it that way. yeah.
0: And that's fair. That is the most beautifully diplomatic way to say that. And you have a you have a great future ahead of you in diplomacy and journalism. I see you got you got the skills already. Um yeah, sorry. So the second part of my question was how do you cope with consuming all that positive um, n- not, nece- not necessarily all negative, but a lot of negative information and content. Yeah, uh,
1: I think honestly at the beginning I was paying really close attention to uh, the daily updates that the premiere was giving. And I was like, OK, what are we at now? And I got really invested until at one point I was like, OK, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's like increasing too much. So <laughs> unless I'm assigned to actually report on that, I don't listen to the live pressers anymore just because I I, I read about them later. It's less yeah. intense. for me. I'm not. Yeah. I'm like staying as up to date as I should as a person who works there. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, when I'm when I'm not working, I try not to look at too much of the content. Um, I just, like I said, I look at it enough to make sure that I'm, you know, aware of what's happening for my shift the next day. You yeah. know, I'll glance at our tw- our Twitter mostly. I'll just like read some of the headlines to make sure that I I know what's going on. Um, and outside of that, I just like unplug, unplug yeah. after my shift, and and yeah, I just. I, I have to, you know, yeah, I go yeah. for a walk, I'll walk my dog for like an hour, socially distant walk. Of course. Um,
0: of course. Yeah.
1: And so that, that's helpful. Just, and sometimes I'll just go for a drive. The other day I was like, it was like raining and I was like, I'm going to go sit outside of Shaughnessy cafe and sulk. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, literally, I literally went and drove and, and parked beside it <laughs> staring in, into it. And I was like, I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that though. I know it's that, that is such a true and honest thing. I went for a walk. The, the last time I went for a really, really long walk. I went, I left my place. I walked all the way because I just moved. One of the things I just moved to this neighborhood in um Côte-Saint-Paul, Verdun something Wellington I don't know everyone's always telling me I live in a different area every time I tell someone the street I live on they're just like oh you're in Verdun oh you're in LaSalle oh you're I'm like what why you, what does that mean why are there well, so some- I don't
1: know where I am
0: <laughs> yeah, you know yeah I don't know where I am but I so I walked for an hour in the uh, east like a, an hour out and then walked like on, on my way back and then came to the front door of my place and was just like, uh, and it's pouring rain at this point And I'm just like, I don't want to go inside. And I just walked another 30 minutes West, like came back past my place and walked 30 minutes West. And I was just walking in the rain on a quiet Sunday morning, like having a conversation. Cause I did, I even did a, a Facebook live on my phone and friends are like commenting and I'm like talking to them and having realizations about whether or not I want to have kids live on Facebook while talking to and just like really processing life in the rain like a like a really emo cheesy movie (laughs)
1: like a music video oh
0: my god it was so bad I was just like (laughs) ah if like uh, to everyone who watched thank you because if I was someone watching this I'd be like what is wrong with this man right now is he (laughs) existential crisis much like it's just this, like raindrops falling on my face just like i mean yeah what exactly like looking at my phone being like as a black man could i bring a child into this world right now <laughs> i think you're all
1: in an existential crisis um, for sure
0: yeah it's it's crazy it is it's genuinely this whole situation is just making me feel a little bit crazy oh um Now that so you're you're a journalist and you're going through all this stuff, what's one thing that you're excited to report on in the next little while? Is there anything that you're like you're like looking forward to discuss and like write about and just be like, oh my god, this is right up my alley?
1: Like not necessarily to do with the pandemic or still. Oh no,
0: anything, anything. No, uh, in out of pandemic, all.
1: Okay. Um. So this is it's it's interesting because I. I like to report on um, issues that I think mainstream media tends to let fall through the cracks. Okay. But I also feel a little bit conflicted about wanting to do that as a person who's as privileged as I am. So okay. it's, it's weird. Like it's, I'm kind of still navigating how I feel about it. Um, I don't want to be taking space away from anybody else who mm. should be telling their stories themselves. Um, but I really, I think what, made me want to go into journalism from the start was just i read about Well, i've always liked writing but then i read about residential schools and i only heard about i only read about them when i was in university which was when i was like 21 years old and i was like okay i've lived in canada my whole life yeah never known that this is the thing that was happening up until like 1996
0: yeah yeah that's the crazy yeah. part
1: Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if it's just like if I just see things like through rose colored glasses, but I'd like to believe that if more people knew that these shitty things were happening, that they would do something about it. Yeah. So I kind of just I want to, you know, expose these realities through whatever way is comfortable for the sources Mm -hmm. um, in order to like, you know, bring these situations to light so that we're not just perpetuating all these like issues like issues. So I don't have anything specific in mind, but that's kind of why I wanted to be a journalist to begin with. So sometimes I find, you know, if I have to report on something that feels a little bit fluffy, you know, I, I try not to be upset about it because it's just all part of it. Yeah. But um, it's definitely like, I, I want to write pieces that I think will have an impact on the people who read them. So that's a kind of a broad category, but that's kind of what it is.
0: I speak as a completely uninformed person I don't I, I know about the residential schools I've never read much about what the like what happened uh, weirdly enough my knowledge of residential schools comes predominantly from TV uh you know TV shows where it's been talked about hell they even did a full episode of uh law and order uh, no sorry not law and order the the new show oh FBI uh, most wanted the main character the his I think his wife who passed away was native american from canada um Mm -hmm. and they like uh dude from oh what's the guy's name from corner gas the uh the police officer from corner gas plays like the grandfather there's a like there's a whole native community and they did a whole episode about like residential schools how it affected some of the kids, how it affected their kids, the generational trauma. Um, unfortunately, like the the story was so sad. Like one of the guys, out, out super quick. The guy's daughter went missing, and he, you know, he was never a good father, and he felt bad about that. But he wanted to do something, and so he tried to find his daughter. And then unfortunately, it led him down a darker path, and he was like essentially like a, you know, movie. If it was a movie, he would have been a hero. But because Most Wanted is, is about a real world situation he was arrest- he was being hunted because he was killing people in search for his daughter like he was like torturing mm-hmm. people and stuff like that again if this was a movie they would sensationalize the fact that he's trying to find his daughter and, and no means like take no prisoners but this yeah. was you know the real world it's just like that mentality and approach is unfortunately very dangerous and and then they got to his father and they started questioning his father about the situation and they started talking about the residential schools and the culture and what it did to them and then you find out that the the grandfather and the grandmother, they their parents hid them when they came to look for the kids to take them to the residential schools. So they were like explaining all of that. And I was just like, My God, I didn't know the extent of this. And I'm learning from a stupid American show about Canada's residential schools. And I was like Yeah. I was so upset with myself for not being more informed with it on this. And but I, I mean, at the same time, I guess You you, like whatever means necessary to introduce people to that is what they use. And that's, you know, that's why for you, when you say that's something you want to report on, I think if anything, that's honorable. And I think, you know, there's don't let it. I mean, like you said, it's important to work with the sources to tell the story in a way that's comfortable for them and for you. Mm Um, And I think based on this conversation, if you stay true to who you are, which based on everything you've said, I think is an honorable journalist and I respect that a lot. And I think you would do a great job covering it because I don't think you you wouldn't do it to sensationalize it and you wouldn't do it to get your name out there. And, you know, as much as I joked about you winning the Pulitzer, you're not doing it for the Pulitzer. You're doing it because you genuinely want this information to be out there. And I think that's dope. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of things, but I I'm just going to turn
0: the light on cuz getting really Yeah, sure, fast. sure, sure, sure. Uh guys, for in a quick minute, just to remind you, you can always keep voting for uh Geek Tastic Cipher, which is my other podcast for Best of Montreal. Those are the the poll is still open until uh, May 10th now. They've extended the deadline. Um but yeah, sorry. So yeah, I mean, that in itself is I I I think I think there is definitely a way to do it and I think you would find the way. I I mean you yeah. sound like you you know I I, I know people who are in journalism when I was in school and their dream was just to like I just want to write about every cool band I've ever heard of. No one said anything about writing about the history at, from a journalistic perspective and not, you know, not that there's anything wrong about writing about music, but everyone yeah. wants to write about music or, you know, entertainment case
1: in point. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I originally went into journalism school aside from that that thing that I just said mm. it was also because when I was younger I had this like really strong desire to work at MTV
0: oh cool <laughs> so, hey that's that's dope so I have,
1: I have like a split personality I'm like super pop culture but also like super you know trying to inform people of things that are shitty that are happening so I think just going through journalism school made me realize that you know there's one of them that i'm kind of more i think has more impact you yeah, know yeah i'm not sure how much it accomplished that would help the world at mtv <laughs> i really like those twitter um threads where they're like harry styles as a door and then they have like harry styles outfits like beside a door that matches it those <laughs> <are> more- <laughs> that's probably about all i could contribute <laughs> <to MTV.
0: laughs> man mtv god i really miss mtv sometimes because when i was a kid mtv was like a legit thing and then by the time i was in my early 20s mtv or early 20s or mid 20s they weren't showing music videos anymore and that was so sad to me and then much music and music plus like uh, music plus is completely gone right that one's
1: think so yeah. yeah
0: I remember walking by the, stu- the studio and it's like it's just gone and I was just like whoa music police is gone like what does that even mean what is knew, my... yeah like... where,
1: what are we doing yeah, Where's like...
0: <laughs> oh it's all on YouTube now damn you YouTube you destroyed it for everyone yeah that
1: sucks. that was cool it I really that. Was.
0: yeah are there any things in media uh, uh, like because speaking of technology and advances are there things that are are you ever worried about how the the type of media access people have based on the technology? I know that's a really weird question. Ah, I'm trying to figure out how to word it. Does something like does people getting their information from like social media ever concern you? I guess it's the best way to word that.
1: Again, I think it comes back to the media literacy thing. Mm, I don't yeah. think it would be a problem if people were able to like actually recognize like a reputable source versus yeah. like an ad or Oh god. Uh, even just like fake, like I don't I hate to use the term fake news, but like some people don't even know that there's like, like they can't differentiate satire. From
0: oh yeah, actual yep. art,
1: like it's a real thing, or they don't know that an opinions article is supposed to contain an opinion. Yeah, uh, they're like they'll pull it up and be like, "This is biased," and I'm like,
0: "Yes, it's an opinion yes.
1: piece." <laughs> um, Man. and also like you know call like columns and stuff like that like they're like wait you're this is biased how could you write this as a journalist makes like, a difference there's a difference yeah so i think that um social media poses an interesting problem because like t- t- tied into that whole you know people yeah. really understand what it is because it's just so easy to access stuff like before Back in the day when you were getting your news just on TV or just in the newspaper that arrived on your doorstep in the morning, then you know that it's legit. But yeah. now anybody, like citizen journalism, everyone can participate. Um, and it has a lot of power to, like, do harm. Mm. Uh, recent, I think it was, there was somebody who was, like, mistakenly identified as, I think, the Boston Shoe Bomber. Yes, or something. I heard. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, like, this person, like, it, his family was, like, hounded for yeah. days and days and days. They were, like, so... calling. It...
0: The sister yeah, had to disconnect was... her phone and stuff. And, yeah.
1: Ah, it's insane. Like, yeah. So there's there's a lot of, you know, potential for things to go wrong, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, if we figure out a way to teach people how to responsibly consume the stuff that's out there then we can get around that problem. But I don't know what the solution is. Like yeah. I wrote a, an essay about it for school. I was like, what is the solution? And I spent the whole time talking about the problem. And then I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you because yeah. obviously if we knew, it would be happening.
0: <laughs> I had a paper like that when I was in school once. Uh, I wrote a paper called The De-Evolution of Human Communication. And it was about how we went from... Um, um, uh, not hieroglyphs. Oh yeah, hieroglyphs. I went from hieroglyphs to emojis. Like, we full circle. Yeah, and I just I and I remember and I wrote this in 2003, and I remember saying like, communication is weirdly enough going to de evolve to symbols again based on the car- the trends, and then when I started seeing emojis pop up like crazy, and now there's an emoji Wikipedia, like an emojipedia out there. And I was just like, "Good God, we really are at the the end times with communication." At least because I, I'm I'm again old school millennial. To me, yeah. I was I was young enough to have experienced the newspaper being dropped off. I was young enough to experience before before the internet, legit, yeah. legitimately yeah. before the internet, like AOL disc coming in the mail. We don't have internet there, and I'm like, "What is this? This is, why is there a disc here?" What is AOL? And my dad's being like, oh, it's to connect to the internet. And I'm just like, what's the yeah, internet? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm asking my dad, what's the. Nowadays, adults are asking their kids, what is this? Yeah, yeah I was.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's starting to happen to me and it's really freaking me out. I, too, like when I was oh, a kid. Get ready. <laughs> I was born in 93, so we didn't have a computer until way later. When we did have one, it was like a Hot Wheels.
0: Oh. A Hot
1: Wheels. I played those games that you got in cereal boxes.
0: Yes, I love those.
1: Yeah, those were actually the best. Yes, um, objectively speaking. Oh, but uh, but then now, like we were talking about TikTok earlier, I I recently will admit that I downloaded the app, but I haven't done anything with it yet because I just don't understand. And every time somebody sends me one, I'm like protesting. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. Because <laughs> I don't know why, why. is this a thing? But I was like, I loved Vine. And yeah, I think this is pretty similar to mine. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know why I'm so, like, e- extremely opposed to TikTok. But part of me is just, like, I don't have the energy to learn this new.
0: <laughs> Fandangle know, technology.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like, having a hard time making a Facebook event lately. I'm, like, I don't know what buttons to press. Oh, yeah.
0: They changed the layout.
1: Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. But, like, even when I was trying to sign into this this. Webcam. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> i don't even know what it's called i was like how do i get out of my other google account to get into the correct google account when there's no button that says new account like i was just like but i have like the- me and google don't get along so oh, okay. I'll live with that." but i'm starting to see it i'm starting to see like i'm like okay wait my keyboard's in french how do i change it in english <laughs> I don't I yeah. or like yesterday i was like okay i'm going to use my I'm- apple tv to <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna put part of my, because I have like a billion tabs open when I'm working.
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair.
1: Um, yeah, and in the newsroom we have three screens each, but at Ooh. home I just have my like 13 inch MacBook. So, oh no, I was like, okay, I can mirror my screen on my TV. I know that. Yeah. But I was like, how do I get it to like let me have one thing on there and one thing on here and not like it be? Oh you know yeah, what I mean?
0: extend screen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I was just like, I don't know how to do this. I'm <laughs> and it was just like hey dummy click on display setting yeah yeah <laughs> over to the other screen and there you go and I was
0: like oh my god I'm literally my parents <laughs> I'm so happy that a younger millennial is now at the same point this is making me I'm sorry that it's making me this happy but just the fact that like I'm 36 and I deal I've been dealing with this stuff for like five years being like I don't know how to use any of this technology these kids keep telling me to get on the Instagram what's the inst-? like and now I'm Just like on it all the time on Twitter, on Facebook. Now I'm I I have TikTok. I I funny enough, I was one of the early adopters of TikTok. I posted my first video months ago, and then uh, and I I just kept laughing about the fact that like the Gen Z kids don't want us on there. I was just like, this is because this is this is every social media right? Like, I so at my work, well before I got laid off, but at my work when I was talking to the interns, I was asking them because they're all younger, they're like 21, 22, and I was like, question why do you guys use this specific app to text as opposed to this specific app? Because there's like 15 apps and you could direct message in all of them now. So why do you guys choose, let's say Instagram or Snapchat or uh, WhatsApp or, you know? Mm-hmm. And they were just like, oh, well, um, one girl legit told me well, Instagram is for this kind of conversation and Facebook, ugh, I don't even use Facebook. That's what my parents use. I use—I only use the Messenger app and that's for like school projects. And I was just like, oh. And in my soul, it broke a little because like Facebook's what I've always used. <laughs> so for someone younger to be like, that's what my parents use. I only use it for school. I was like, oh, I'm the old guy. But yeah. I think,
1: I think that comes like... For me, I don't really like Facebook very much, but it's not because I didn't used to like it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just gotten to a point where like, I don't know, when I was in high school, it was like the one social media platform that anybody had. And I think it just like got old eventually for people that are my age. So it turned into something that was for older people. But we grew out of it. It's not because we were never, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But it so yeah. was, was, cause I see you on Twitter quite a bit, but a lot of people I know your age aren't, uh, well, at least from my perspective, don't use Twitter as much.
1: Oh my God. I love Twitter so uh, much. Yeah, cause if I was, I delete all other social media, I would just keep Twitter.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. I think it's because I used to be like a certified fangirl. Okay. Um, I mean, I still am. I just don't flaunt it anymore, but I was like, a total like Jonas Brothers, One Direction. Ah, okay. that was that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'm ashamed to say, not the Jonas Brothers part. That's a hill I will die on. But the <laughs> One Direction thing I'm not proud of. Um,
0: anyway, yeah. So I was
1: just like, I just love that you could tag celebrities. Yes. Like this goes back to my pop culture side. Um, I love that you could tag celebrities and that they would like see it and reply to you because that just yeah
0: to True. Yeah. 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 On that's IG. Where on IG, when I tag celebrities in my stories, I'm sure those people are just like, ignore <laughs> Like, they just swipe yeah. yeah. I
1: think Twitter is like, I, I don't know, there's an advantage because, again, I think there are less people on it that yeah. would think to message somebody because it's public and probably embarrassing. Like, I remember <laughs> one time I told Josh Duhamel, I, like, t- tweeted at him and I was like, Hey, I just saw you on my screen and like licked it or something <laughs> ridiculous. And I was and he was like curious to know how it takes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> was, oh, Shoot your okay. shot,
0: girl. <laughs> Shoot your shot. That is amazing.
1: Oh my god. I've done so many embarrassing things like that on Twitter. And That's like I so once epic. It got responses, I was just like, what? Oh my god. But like, they responded and I was yeah. it would make me run around in circles. Like one time. Oh, of a really big Ed Sheeran fan. Okay. Um, I think that he sold out recently, but for the <laughs> time, you know, when his first and second albums came out, I was a really big fan, when nobody really knew who he was. Yeah. And um, one day I tweeted that I wanted him to collaborate with this other singer that I like named Ron Pope, and uh, Ron Pope replied to me, but like he had replied before. He's not that known, yeah. um, or he wasn't at the time. I don't want to say... He's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ron- no, no. I love you, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. So because he's verified, I guess Ed Sheeran saw him reply. Oh, dope. And so then, and so then he replied to both of us and was like, "Awesome sauce, I'm a big fan." And then they they like exchanged a little bit more, and I was like tagging it. But then they became like real life friends. God and damn, so dude. Ron, yeah. And then Ron was supposed to go open for him on like his next world tour. It didn't end up working out, but then. I went to New York to see Ron, and I met up with him uh, after his show just to be like, hi, I love you. I'm the girl who tweeted you and Ed Sheeran. Um, and he's like, whoa, you're, like, literally responsible for our friendship. Holy, dude! Yeah. That is so yeah.
0: amazing!
1: Yeah, he was like, I was in Italy. I flew to New York to have, like, lunch with him and go watch him on SNL. And, yeah. So, and then me and Ron stayed in contact, and now, like, I'm regularly, like, Instagramming with him and his wife.
0: <laughs> dude! <laughs> so... That is so that is so cool that you uh, casually tweeted something because it was just that is speaking true to power. Like you just said, this is something I would like to happen and tag yeah. the people because Twitter is that is like that. And that happened. That is so yeah. fucking cool. Okay. I
1: know. That's why I love Twitter because yeah. people see it, and there's no, like I said, there's no other platform where they would. So yeah.
0: That is so fucking cool. I feel like, uh, you know what? I don't want us to try and top that. That is, that is where we're gonna end it. That is one <laughs> of the coolest stories. It sounds like so much fun. Caitlin, thank you. This was a blast. Usually I only do 20 minutes. We did 58. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It's been an hour. I know. That's what I'm saying. How fast was that? Yeah, um, thank you thank you so much for this this was such a great conversation um your social where where can people find you on social media
1: uh twitter at caitlin v thomas
0: v thomas okay Okay. yeah i think so yeah yeah
1: yeah. actual caitlin thomas hasn't tweeted since 2013 if you guys want to go
0: report her give me my name (laughs) give me my name Okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tag you and everything. I'm gonna post this and yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so very much for this. This was so great, especially since it was like such a last minute thing, but it was so much fun to talk with you. And uh for
1: me.
0: yes, I'm gonna keep in contact with you via Twitter. I'm Sounds good. Continue. See
1: you on Twitter.
0: Definitely, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget you can vote. GeekTastic Tastic best of Montreal, Category 24, best podcast, CultMTL.com, mtl.com slash vote best of mtl. That's the whole show, guys. Caitlin, thank you so much again. Everybody, stay safe. That's it. That's all, guys. I don't. Know, I, should, should I play some? Uh, yeah, let's continue with the music there. Let's put them back on. Bye all. Bye. This was another edition of Not a Journalist with Brian Holiday for FranklinArmstrong.com. You guys can check out all things Franklin on FranklinArmstrong.com. You can follow us on Instagram at and Twitter at astrongfranklin. You can follow me on all platforms at Brian Holiday, B-R-I-A-N-H-O-L-I-D-A-E. And that's it. Thank you so very much.